Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 416. Mr. Zamich. Keenan Keelan has a special noon edition. Well, if you're on the West Coast, it's a special noon edition. And uh, StreamYard didn't even want us to get going. I kept sitting here like going live, go live, go live. Mike had to finally do it. It was crazy. Yeah, they're not a fan of us going live, apparently. They didn't want us to take away all the viewers from Dude's Bed Sports because that was going on right at the same time. So they wanted, to, they wanted that to wrap up before we took over here. Oh, they're still live. We should hop in there and just tell them to, to Papa Dude's getting another phone call. <laughs> that was great. I'm gonna, go over, I'm gonna go over there and troll them pretty good. That was pretty funny. Aaron texted me about that. I had to tune in, tune in for it. Uh, but listen, uh, we got best bet or uh, we had the best bets earlier today. Thursday night football is tonight. You want to give out your pick now? I, I hate the game. I, I really don't like it one bit. I'm gonna play the under in the first half. You can get 21 and a half if you shop around. Uh, I don't want to pick a side. I may take some Arizona in game if they get down because. Once Kyler gets to just play backyard football, Arizona's a lot better than when Cliff Kingsbury's trying to script plays. So if, if Arizona gets down, I'm interested in taking Arizona like plus three, plus seven, something like that in-game. Uh, pre-game stuff, I'm, I'm the first half under, but that's about it. Uh, man, Thursday night football, just it seems like for years, has been pretty rough. That's where the games kind of go to die. So uh, anyways, we're going to not worry about that. We're going to worry about Saturday. Keeneland, uh, pick five. It's close to the Beers Cup, Mike. If we see something really spectacular in one of these two stakes races, you could see a horse go to the Breeders' Cup. It has been done before from the Raven Run, but let's get into it, buddy. Riders up! Mike, I did check in. They are talking about ice cream. That's what is so important on Dudes Who Bet Sports right now is they're talking about ice cream, which my relationship with ice cream is pretty similar to yours with peanuts. So, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I always thought it was Jared's fault. Apparently, it's Aaron. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's genetic, too. I bet it's both of them. Anyways, hey, look at this. We're going first leg of the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, October 22nd, race six. It's the Perryville Stakes. A field of eight three-year-old males sprinting seven furlongs on the main track. The first of two seven furlong dirt sprints. Where are you going on top, buddy? I'm going to start this thing out with a single. It's not the one you think. I'm not going to go to the outside and gun night. Uh, it was my second pick in here. My top pick was Arturius, the three horse, who's cutting back in distance, getting back to what I believe is he's going to be best at, which is sprinting. Um, look, if I'm 3-8 here... I'm singling one or the other. I'm not going to use them both, especially since I think this could be a rather chalky sequence. Because of that, I'm going to single the three horses, my top pick. So give me Arturius. We're going to start out with a single. Hopefully we can knock off Gunite here and then uh, get this thing rolling. Uh, listen, I'm against him in this spot, but it, it's a question of if you think seven furlongs is what he's going to be best at, or if he's good at seven furlongs. To me, he's not. I, I remember watching his races and the, the Curlin, you know, he looked great in the Curlin, but pretty much every step of the way, I think we're, if we were live, I, I want to say we were live and you were actually calling that, but he's, he, he's kind of like a slower lumbering type. He's a big horse. I feel like two turns a mile and an eighth. That's like perfect for him. You, you know, the Traverse was probably just too much too soon. Also, that was the best Traverse field depth wise we've seen in like two decades. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's okay that he didn't show up with a huge effort there. I'm just really worried that seven furlongs, one turn, it, he's just going to be getting going. But I did find out he worked a bullet five furlongs in a minute flat with Jack Christopher for this race. 
At Belmont, Maidenbreaker was pretty good, too, going a one-turn mile at Belmont. Gasoline and Winnet run behind him there, both very good horses. So that I, I wouldn't discredit his one-turn effort at that mile. Seven furlongs, obviously a little bit shorter, going to have to run Gunite down, which is, could be a little bit of an issue. But I, I think he is ultra-talented, and I'm going to trust that Chad Brown knows what's best for him here. And cutting it back to the sprint, a one-turn sprint makes sense to me at seven furlongs. At six I would 100% agree with you. I think that would be an issue. But he was only a length and, a half, and length and change back of a 22 opening pace in that one-mile race as well. So has some early turn of foot in that sense. Shouldn't be too far behind. Has a definite, has a uh, a just stamina or fitness uh, edge here from coming out of the mile in an eighth races and running very well in those. I like the fact that we're going to be able to sit from just off it and make the move. I, I like the price, man. I like the five to two over over what I think is going to be even money on Gunite, who I think is going to be overbet in this spot because of how good those races look on paper. Maybe sub even money. I was thinking probably four to five on Gunite here. Uh, my top two picks, I, I used two here, and they're your second and third choices. So uh, Gunite is the top pick for me. He, he hasn't run a bad race all year. He hasn't won every single race, but three wins, two seconds in his five starts. A huge class drop compared to facing Jack Christopher two back. Um, you know, I, I think that provocateur, the two horse, that's going to be your speed size is the board. He th- likes to go to the front. Um, you can scratch off the gallant Bob, but you know, when he's back at these ungraded stakes levels, he's usually decent. Uh, but provocateur, I expect to be the speed. Does gun. I just sit off of him. Does Pinehurst like, what does Pinehurst do? Because this is an interesting one as well. From a pace perspective, I'm wondering, Mike, does Gunite press from second or does he sit off because provocateur and Pinehurst both go? See, Pinehurst is going, right? I mean, you got to think that that's, that that's going to be speed. And really the wild card in here. If I was going to go deeper, Pinehurst would, probably would have made the ticket just as because of the 21 price. I'm interested in kind of the unknown factor there. Um, so I, I would have taken a shot and probably ended up like four deep here and used Pinehurst. One of the reasons why I didn't end up four deep. Um, or I didn't go any deeper than one because I don't really want to use the four. <laughs> uh, I think that they both go. And I think Gunite wants to go too. I mean, the thing with Gunite is that He's always within a length of that lead. So if they go 21 and change, he's going to be a length off that 21 and change, right? And, and yeah. that outside post is beneficial to him because he can kind of get a better, good idea of what's going on from a pace perspective. But it's not like he's going to make his way over to the rail behind the two of them. So he's going to be hung three wide on that that one turn. Um, and it, I, I'm just worried that Gunnite's too close up. It sets up really well for both Arturis and B-Doc. I think the other horse is going to come off the pace could be dangerous here. Yeah, and that's the other one that I use. It's your third choice, my second, B-Doc. And I was actually, I was prepared to single gun night if B-Doc was going to be shorter than this. I really thought that he would. Six to one, he's the fourth choice. Um, I mean, even over Revolution has a better, oh, it's probably off the gallant Bob, but yeah, it's, it's sappy outside of uh, Florida. It's it's a tough tough bet to try and make there. Uh, but for B-Doc, you know, he is perfect to Two starts, two wins at seven furlongs. Uh, he broke his maiden at Keeneland going seven furlongs. Um the Pennsylvania Derby, you scratch that off. It, it, the track was very speed favoring. It's a quirky track, anyways. It parks, and he broke. He was eleven lengths back. This is a speed horse. Like they, they not, he shouldn't be that far back. Coming, he was a seven furlong race, Mike, where he was a half length and a neck off of the leader at the first two points of call. And he stretches up to mile and eighth, and he's eleven lengths back in last. Like just completely scratched that race off. I really think it's interesting, too, with this horse. Doug O'Neill has kept him in uh, Kentucky all summer long. He's been the workout partner for Hot Rod Charlie all summer long. So there is some sort of gravitas to this horse in the sense that this this is the one that they've been using to keep Hot Rod Charlie kind of in form and in action and ready for the Breeders' Cup. 
Yeah, I mean, I wonder if Potlet Charlie can beat him or not. Probably just runs second yeah. behind him at half length and doesn't really pass him. And so I'm not sure how much of uh, a credit that is to B Doc because we know how hot he has been. I, I will say, uh, truthfully, B Doc has been faster than him by like a, yeah. a, a tenth or so every single. Yeah, if I worked with Hot Rod Charlie, I'd be faster than him too. He just sit right to the outside of me. So I, I'd like I'm not going to give B Doc much credit for that. Um, I, I do think B Doc's a little interesting here. I, I like the six to one price <laughs> in, that, in that front. Uh, I mean, this will be an interesting race. I think I, I agree with you. The two is going to go. The four is going to go. The eight will sit right outside. I think it's going to be tough for any of the three of them to win. So I, I, I'm going to go with the three Arturis. I know that you like B-Doc as well. So I, I think those make sense from a price perspective if you're trying to get around Gunite. It's the only race here where we disagree from here or not. We at least have uh, some agreement. We'll move on. Second leg of the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, October 22nd, race seven. An overdrawn field of 12 Phillies and Mares plus four also eligibles. These are N2X allowance runners going five and a half furlongs on the turf. Plenty of options. Uh, I went four deep here. How deep did you go? I ended up going three deep. Um, okay. I spent a lot of time trying to get around Empress Tigress in this spot because <laughs> I just I didn't love this horse. But the problem is I couldn't really get around Empress Tigress. So <laughs> instead of going nuts and going like six deep, seven deep, and, and kind of going crazy here or just throwing out Empress Tigress altogether, I thought I'd narrow it down some. I put the three-horse Storm Kiss on top. I think this horse makes a ton of sense out of the Wesley Ward barn. It was impressive last time out, took a nice step forward. I think we can improve off that, take another nice step here. So give me Empress T- or give me Storm Kiss on top. Other must-use for me was Sarah Mia. Um, his horse improved a lot last time out against under Diodoro. Shocker. Now we got a second race out in the Diodoro barn. Um, I think you could definitely see another improvement here. And I think the pace sets up well for Sarah Mia as well. He should be able to sit right off it and, and run down some of the early leaders here. I think that the, the two and the three both go early. I think Sarah Mia is able to sit right behind those two and get a good trip without having to be too wide, which is the main reason I didn't use the 12 always late. And we'll probably talk a little <laughs> yep. bit more about that horse soon. Yeah, they didn't use her either. Uh, by the way, always late. A horse that's so aptly named. How did they Love know? Name. She's yeah. always late getting there at the wire. It's, it just writes itself. Uh, yeah, you. so you've talked about three horses. I went four deep and you talked about all three of them. The uh, Empress Tigress was my top pick. Uh, we remember how great she was at Saratoga. To me, this is a big class drop. I know she's stri- facing straight three-year-olds, but there are very limited options for three-year-old fillies trying to turf sprint in the summer. If you want to make money, you go to Saratoga. So you had the best of the best for this division there, and she beat them once, and then Poppy Flower got the best for the second time. You take a little bit of time off, you come back here. Thomas and Johnny V are together with two mounts in this sequence. I'm using both of them. I love both of their chances. Uh, as far as the three, it's the King of Keeneland, Wesley Ward here. I don't love that it's 9-2 to two, but it, because of a little wedding funeral, but I think that she was mostly just ignored those last two starts because the first three starts, you look, she was a six to five, seven to two, seven to two. So nine to two. I think this is more appropriate. It just, we're not getting the double digits that we did before. And as far as Sarah Mia goes, you talked about the pharmacist increasing her chances. Uh, two wins in three seconds going this distance between turf and synthetic as well. So it seems like a great distance for her. Uh, she's a multi-surface threat. So yeah, two, three, six, we're in agreement there. We diverge on this last one. Where do you go? Oh, wait, no, that was it for you, wasn't it? No, I went 40. I was wrong. I went 40 here. I I did want to find a price in here somewhere. And I thought about the one-minute waltz for a while. I don't know who you used here. So I thought about the one-minute waltz (laughs) for a while here. Bayerano, but I I didn't love the first time on turf sprinting. So I went to the nine-horse touch of class, who has shown some speed in the past. Uh, I think the last two races were both too long. Went a mile and then went six and a half 
at, uh, at Kentucky Downs. Both of those are a little bit longer type of races. Cutting back to a distance where we're two for six with two in the money finishes as well. So four for six in the money. Should be forwardly placed, but doesn't need the lead. Um, and I think on this cutback, should have that stamina edge again where we go to that five and a half furlong distance. You could see that last furlong get some of the speed backs up. Touch of class keeps going. I'm getting 15 to one. I like the post position because we're outside of the speed. So we should be able to kind of decide how to make a trip here. And we'll see if we can get a bit of a price on. So I went with the nine as my fourth horse. I did. I, if I get a scratch in this field, <clears throat> excuse me, from my four picks here, the nine's going to go win because I think you're getting a great price on a horse that if you look at her form last year, when the, you talked about it, she's going too long. The last year starts. You look last year when she was consistently going five and a half. She was doing very well, and she seemed to be progressing as well. It's not just that she was doing well, but it was, all right, we're progressing. This seems to be what we're good at here. They tried some other things. They looked for some stakes opportunities, and it didn't work out. So I, I don't hate you, especially because you're getting 15 to 1. I also went looking for a price. Didn't quite get 15. I got 12 to 1 on the 7. Artos for Rusty Arnold, and I feel like this is a filly that uh, I think you picked her in either the I think the Coronation Cup, if not the Galway Stakes earlier this year. Uh, one of those two in Saratoga. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to bring this up, but, you know, listen, this, this Philly, I talked about how it's hard to find, you know, places to run a three-year-old Philly that's a turf sprinter and you're trying to find stakes. She was at every single big one that she could find. She ran into Twilight Gleaming. She lost to Poppy Flower twice. She finished behind Empress Tigress twice. Okay, so that was a little bit of a tough spot. We drop her back down to N1X Company last out at Indiana Grand, get a nice victory. She looks nice. The, the, the horse that she beat by a neck ends up winning next out. This is a horse that, you know, Rusty Arnold is not known for going to Ascot. They sent her to Ascot as a two-year-old. She finished fourth in a field of 21. She got Frankie DeTore to ride. And by the way, second place, Twilight Gleaming. Came back to beat her two races later. So I think that this is a horse that has the ability to get one of these races home. I think 15, or sorry, 12 to 1 here, kind of like the 10 to 1 in the Coronation Cup. Those are the right prices. Uh, 4 to 1 from the Stormy Blue is not so good. But I think 12 to 1... I just think she's got the talent to win one of these, Mike, and I want to make sure I'm there to get it. Yeah, I don't hate the price. Uh, to me, Empress Tigress covers her up, though. And that, like, she hasn't been able to beat her before. I, I don't think this is the spot where she's going to turn the tables because I don't see any reason why she would turn the tables. I think I used her in the first of those losses to Empress Tigress, but not yeah. the second. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I like Darien A in both those races, to be honest with you. And Darien A got yep. some brutal trips with Rosario up, if I remember correctly. So that was probably the more painful part of it. Uh, yeah, the different kind of shocker there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I get where you're going with Archers, and I, I agree with you that eventually you're going to win with this horse with a price i just don't think it's when you have this field um it's just kind of a cut below these in my mind that's fair uh, she's uh, maybe she's a horse that uh, at four maybe that's what makes her uh deadlier in this spot because all right, she is three uh all right let's move on mike the uh the third leg of the late pick five here at keeneland on saturday october 22nd race eight we're going back to the dirt and this is a really interesting one a lot of i feel like there's a lot of traps in this field uh you got 12 mils three and up plus and also eligible going a mile and eighth on the main track so there's your first test you've got to find a horse that's going to want to go nine furlongs on dirt allowance n1x rivals brad cox has two in here including a horse that won his debut and it shows up here you've got another horse for pletcher that won last out so they're stepping up three-year-olds facing older winners but they've won going long on dirt so how did you play this race well, uh, to me, War Campaign is kind of the chocolate chip cookie dough of this field. Clearly the best flavor of ice cream, but tough to take every single time because this horse is at a two to one price. You kind of want a little bit bigger of a price than that in this spot. I have War Campaign on top. If you look at the fields that, that he's been coming out of, 
clearly the toughest fields. I mean, you're talking about homebrew last time, creative minister last time, rock and roll or um, rattle and roll the time before that. So very, very, very difficult fields. And like, I don't love taking Lannery at two to one, but I do think this is the best horse. So I'm going to put, I'm going to put the one war campaign on top. Yeah, he was my top picture. I hate every single one of you in the chat right now. This is, and by the way, that cookie dough comment, uh, I almost walked off this set. That was great. Uh, for people who are listening and not paying attention, all of the ice cream chat from Dude Who Bet Sports uh, followed us over here. That was that was my bad. Um, anyways, yes, four campaign topic for me. Buyers have improved with all five starts. Uh, this horse, his six furlong work on September seventeenth at Keeneland was best of three that day. The other two were B Dog and Hot Rod Charlie. <laughs> So this horse is faster than B-Dog and Hot Rod Charlie. And B-Dog's in a stakes race. Hot Rod Charlie's going to the Classic. I know it's, you know, it's six furlongs. There's only three horses. But my point is, he's, he's, it seems to be handling himself well. And you talked about the class that he was keeping. A huge class drop here. Uh, next up for me, I went with the Brad Cox horse that I think actually does have a chance. That's the sixth film star, eight to one. I think this is the fastest horse in the field. You've got quarter horse Giroux aboard. Every time I predict that, he doesn't do it. I need to stop doing that. Uh, but he did ride the five Higginson when that horse won his debut. He stays with Filmstar instead of riding Higginson. And I think a big reason, I think this horse is just farther along. This will be his fourth career start. Higginson just won his debut. Uh, this horse, Filmstar, debuted at seven furlongs. That's always an indicator from a top trainer that the horse is meant long-term to go two turns. And then at Ellis, he draws the 11 post. Going a mile, you know this, Mike. You're like in the parking lot going you know, around three-quarters of a turn there. He overcomes that to win second out. Solid effort last time. First time facing older winners. I think it's six to. Uh, I'm sorry, eight to one. I'm getting a hell of a price here. Yeah, I don't like either the five or the six. I agree with you that the five is the speed of the speed. And I think the five makes the lead. I- I'm a little bit worried that like I, the five. The five to me I, I, is just almost unplayable coming out of that race and then stretching out into this field. I think it's just way yeah. too big a step up. The six. I, the speed angle is where I think you can play it. I thought there was enough other speed in this race, specifically the 10, who I think is a, a better speed horse that kind of hurts the, the chances that you have um, on this on the six horse. And that I, I feel like that horse might get bet, too. I, I, I'm just worried that Cox takes money here. And if he does, I don't want any part of this horse around that five to one, four to one number. Um, probably your speed of the speed, which in that case, I get why you want it. I just I, I couldn't get there, especially the way my ticket structured. I did use the 10 as well because I thought, you know, he's either going to press or stalk the six. We'll see what happens with Drew. Or maybe Drew blows the break and, and with strong quality gets an uncontested lead. And then he's a strong can to go gate to wire. The distance shouldn't be an issue for him. So I think, you know, I don't like that it's three. I'm using the two to one and three to one top two choices here. But I think that they make sense. War campaign is built for this race and strong quality has the exact right pace set up to get that second win. Yeah, a strong quality makes a ton of sense to me. So I, I, I used him as well. I, I, I'm hoping we can sit off the six with the, with the 10. And it seems like a, a very good horse, a quality horse, if you will. Uh, and should sit second or third into that first turn and get a good trip behind what I think is kind of cheap speed. I am going to take one horse who's a bigger price here who is stepping up in class quite a bit. I don't often take horses that are coming out of maiden special weights into fields like this. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give the three horse gate runner fifteen to one Pletcher and Sai as a shot here. Um, and the main reason is, and this is something we talked about quite a bit. I can explain why this horse improved so much from its fourth to its fifth start. We added blinkers two back, going a mile and eighth for the first time, and you saw a middling improvement there immediately after that race. Second time blinkers takes a huge step forward. And it has a win over a mile and a quarter distance, so I have no concern about the mile and eighth distance over the dirt. I like the post position. This is the one that should get the rail behind the speed, 
versus strong quality is going to be outside of it. I trust Saez to give it a good ride. And this is a, a pletcher that could easily take a step forward out of that race. Yes, I know we're facing winners for the first time, but but the blinker argument to me is enough to explain that that jump and to say that this horse could improve again. So I'm going to put the three on the ticket with at 15 to one. Uh, Dams uh, won four times. Three of those were routing. They were all on turf, but uh, you know, with, with Arrogate here, there should no obviously no issue with the dirt. Um, also, is a half brother to engage. I was looking at this horse going, why did they spend five hundred sixty thousand on this? Like, I know you know Arrogate only had the limited crop, but five sixty. Oh, he's a half brother to engage, who uh, won the Phoenix and won the Breeders' Cup Sprint and, and all that. Um, engaged by into mischief, so you know, arrogate a lot better distance, sire than gate runner. I looked at this horse, I just it was the maiden facing older winners for the first time. But of the between the two, the three and the five, the three is the better choice, and I'm very surprised it's the better price. Yeah, again, that step up is tough, but I, I agree with you. I, I was shocked that the five was sitting there at 10 to one and the threes at 15. Uh, I will say. Keeneland's morning nine, not wonderful. Like you've definitely seen some of them off the last couple of weeks. And so I wouldn't be shocked if this three is actually seven or eight to one when they break from the gate versus the 15 to one morning line. Who makes the Keeneland morning line? Yeah. I don't know. That's why I feel like I can say that. I oh, I know who it is. We both know who it is. It's not John White. It's not John White. Trust me. It's we, well, they wouldn't be terrible if it was John White. I was going to say we wouldn't say that, but no, they just wouldn't be terrible. By the also, way, Keeneland, one of the tougher tracks to make the morning line at. I mean, if, if we're being honest, big fields, lots of inside information that you hear that goes around that will change the price of horses that are being bet. So right. I, I would say Keeneland probably top three in the country, toughest to make the morning line at. That's pretty fair. Uh, also worth noting, Tyler Gaff-Leon, his first call is on the Cox horse Higginson, the maiden stepping up for a second start. I wonder if Cox scratches him because he does have the two in here. Gaff-Leon's also named on the other Safi horse. Uh, yeah, I don't know. By the way, kiss a lot. Would if four to one if he draws in any interest at all for the thirteen horse? Not really. Not with that that post and with Safi. I like just yeah. there's a lot to overcome there. I looked at Anejo for a little while. This is a horse that I used last time out. Uh, faced um, who was it? Faced uh, Saint Tappet. I think three back, and I used him the last two times. One last yep. race. I just not sure. Again, that eleven post is tough going a mile and an eighth if you're not really going to be forwardly placed. And then the distance is also a question with Anehu, Anehu who ran his best races at shorter distances. Yeah, he's, uh, he had that, he, he broke his uh, maiden in a mile and eighth at Saratoga, but he is a New York bred. It was against New York bred. So uh, yeah, handle that with caution, but it is Doug O'Neill. I think with a better post, maybe he'd be a little more interesting, but kind of the same with the 13. All right, let's move on. We got the feature race of Saturday, October 22nd at Keeneland race nine, the penultimate leg of late pick five, the grade two Raven run stakes. Nine thrilled Philly sprinting seven furlongs on the main track. And I'm going too deep. I don't know if these words have ever been uttered before. I'm using two horses who both exit the same maiden special weight race at Lone Star Park in the feature race at Keeneland on Saturday. You're using Smash Ticket and Wicked Halo. I am. It's so crazy that I cannot get over the fact that those two debuted in that race at Lone Star Park. And look at the careers they're having already as three-year-olds. It's incredible. I'm using one of the two. Which one am I leaving out? Uh, you're probably using Smash Ticket, right? I am using Smash Ticket, yeah. Okay. Not my top pick, though. My top <laughs> pick is going to be the five horse, Fingal's Cave. Uh, and this is an interesting one because it's a New York bred who's really only faced New York breads when you're looking at it. Not often do I take David Donk outside of New York. This has been a wildly impressive horse. Four for four for its career. And when you go back, you watch the races. It is a impressive four for four. Could be 
Sprinting is this horse's game as well, which would make it very, very dangerous in this spot. I like the four to one price. I think this horse can get a little bit overlooked. And there's enough speed in here that I don't think Smash Ticket just runs away from them. Uh, Smash Ticket is the other one I'm using because I think Smash Ticket is the speed of the speed. And I think Fungal's Cave is the better closer than Wicked Halo if I'm looking for someone that's going to come from off the pace. And so I like the five a lot. You don't see donk ship horses out very often. Rarely is he outside of New York. It tells you how much he likes this horse. And this horse was very impressive in all four wins. Yeah, it's it, he even mentioned that it was a... Uh... Uh, yeah, he was taking a shot with her, but they were ready to see what she could do against the uh, the big girls. Um, Dion you know, does have one win uh, against Open Company. The one time she tried it was Open Allowance at Saratoga, going a mile in the eighth. And the winner of her, or sorry, the runner up from the Fleet Indian Stakes that she won last out did win next out. Um, it's not a horse I'm going to use, but I understand why. You know, it's it's an undefeated four for four horse that Jose Ortiz rode three times during the summer, and now you're getting Rosario just because Jose's. Uh, I think he's still in New York right now, so. Um, I don't hate you for that. Uh, we both use the two smash ticket. She is, I, I don't love that she's the five to two favorite, but I mean, what has she done wrong? Really? Nothing. You know, she, no. she broke slowly in the Sorrento. That's what the one thing that she's done wrong in her career. She hasn't had that issue since. Uh, there is a lot of speed in here, but she just might be the fastest, Mike. And if she catches a flyer out of the gate, Carmouche loves a speed horse. She could just be gone. Yeah, no, I, 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 that's the fear, right? Is that Carmouche breaks well with this horse and she just gets the lead and, and never looks back, right? Um, I'm interested to see where the five fungal cave is going to be. I've been on the lead or close to it going a mile and an eighth last couple of times or going two turns from longer distances the last few times. I don't think that she's got the speed to be right behind, right? And so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that we're sitting maybe two, three lengths off and can make a big move. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about Wicked Halo? I mean, obviously, you didn't get a chance to talk much about that one. I think it's, yeah, she's a logical use here. Yeah, yeah. She, and I actually do like this price on four to one. She uh, wins the prior Esco in six furlongs at Saratoga, uh, but it was a nice effort. She had to be pretty gutsy for that one. She had to fight. And I think that was the kind of trip that she's going to need to get here to win where she sits, uh, you know, w- w- I think through other speed, like I think the one horse is going to try to go with the two and maybe the one tries to set the pace. Uh, Wicked Halo, I think if she sits about a length and a half or so off, don't let don't get too close because we're going seven, not six. Stayed back just a little bit and then pounce on her. You know, she did win the Leslie's Lady Stakes at Churchill, two back going this distance. She lost to Matarea in eight bells, uh, four back. And that was a great two race. And, and Matarea at the time was it was a solid spinner. So. I get it. Uh, I, if you don't want to use her, you know, price wise, or maybe you think that she might sit too close to the pace, but I, I love this horse here. I know this was, this was my top pick and I know this is Aaron's top pick over at the website too. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I mean, this is an Aaron horse, right? It's, it's <laughs> in, a, in a sprint with, with a three-year-old filly. He's going to take the, take that horse, especially if it's shown any talent. And it, look, she's looked great the last three races. Yeah. So you can't really knock her in that front. <laughs> I was actually more interested in the seven. This would be the third horse I used if I was going to use a third horse. Um, only one effort over the dirt, but it was an okay effort. Ran second to Last Leaf, who was very, very, very good earlier this year. If you look at Last Leaf, who's also in this race, uh, she had some nice wins early in the career, especially when she was sprinting. So I'm not going to take anything away for Freedom Speaks for that specific race. But this is a $145,000 of American Freedom, which stands for 6000 So they've clearly thought something of this horse. The last two races shows monster improvement after switching over to the Jeremiah Englehart barn. If we can replicate that last race that we just saw at six and a half over turf, uh, then I think it's going to be very – that seven could be pretty scary here at six to one. Uh, third and fourth place finishers from the Music City Stakes at Kentucky Downs that she won. They both won next out. Both uh, – let's see, one won at Keeneland, one at Hawthorne, 83-85 buyers for them. It's pretty good. Yeah, doesn't suck. Pretty good. 
Yeah, it doesn't suck. <laughs> uh, I don't. But we'll see. Uh, kind of watch her. See how she handles her return to dirt here. If there's more, even if she doesn't win, watch to see how she handles it. Let's move on, Mike. The fifth and final leg of the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, October 22nd. Race 10, another overdrawn field of 12 plus four also eligible. These are all maiden males going a mile and eighth on the grass. And fun fact, we have a half-brother to a Breeders' Cup winner in this field. You probably knew that. But where'd you go on top? I did not know that. Who is it? Oh, It's the number seven push button, half to authentic. There you go. Second choice for me. I uh, did not put push button on top. I put the 12 pancake house on top all the way to the outside here. I like the last two races. Um, this is a horse that that shouldn't have much of an issue from a uh, distance perspective here, uh, going that, that mile and eight distance over the turf course. Um, I, I like the fact we're coming off the layoff later in the three-year-old season, coming out of a bullet work as well. I thought there was quite a bit of speed here, so I wanted to find a horse that could come from a little bit off it. I really don't trust the speed, which is tough because – I wanted to use either the two or the four as a speed horse. Uh, the four horse is a pet. You know, the trainer has four starters and owns the horse. Um, so the yeah. four horse is a pet. I, that's, that's an immediate throw out for me. Uh, and the two horse has zero Tomlinson rating at, at the distance, basically, and has quit terribly. And they're the two speed horses. So they're going to go fast and sure fast pace here. I think that sets up for some horses that are going to close well. And the, the one I like the most was uh, the 12 horse from Alice and Jury. Uh, I didn't use uh, that would be the horse that uh, if I get a scratch, I went three deep. And if there's a scratch, this one would come in because of the post. I'm worried about the post. I know his style is to drop back and make a run and two back at Keeneland. You know, he, uh, when he was trying to break his maiden over the same course, going on the 16th, he had the 10 post and still had to drop back and everything. So he was close there. I'm just a little worried. But again, if there are scratches, it, the, the post is what's worrying me. With scratches, the post is no longer an issue. Uh, so funnily enough, push button was also my second pick. So let's talk about her for a second or for uh, him. Um, I really think so. The fact that this is Authentic's baby brother was kept by the breeder of Authentic. Uh, the horse doesn't debut until over halfway through his three-year-old season. And he is gelded like months before he debuts. When you've got Authentic's baby brother, first of all, you probably shouldn't have bred the damn back to Bodemeister. But second of all, like, you know, th there is some value in this horse just residually off the bat. So to geld him before he even debuts, I think he's got talent, but he's a nutcase. And they're like, we need to fix this horse. Runs okay, kind of runs in place a little bit. They add the blinkers after the debut and size gets aboard for Maker. Uh, you know, I think this is a good spot. What do you think? Yeah, I thought Baj ran well in that spot too. Uh, who your eventual winner of the race? You have two other horses in here, but like I don't love the one post first time starter, specifically at Kentucky Downs on a funky track. Uh, yep. There's just a, a lot that can that can be tough for that horse. It's a really difficult first experience. Now we're not going to be bottled up on the inside. You get the seven posts. It's a much better post for a horse like this. Uh, I, I think the stretch out is probably a good thing here, stretching out to the, the mile and an eighth. Yeah, there was no kick there. I mean, the horse went 22 and change over the opening quarter. First time out going a mile at Kentucky Downs. So Are we shocked that the horse didn't have a ton of kick? I mean, it's, I, I think you probably get a really good trip with the seven here. I talked about how I think the two and the four are going to set a pretty ridiculous pace. The seven here with Saya should be able to tuck right against that rail. The horse took the, took money in the first start. It was down to five to one in that, that Kentucky Downs race. Should see some second time improvement. This actually reminds me of the four horse that we talked about last week, um, Whittingworth, Whittington, something like that. Uh, the four horse who's coming from Kentucky Downs, it was a maker horse, second time out, you saw that nice improvement. The horse ended up winning by open lengths. The seven reminds me a lot of that four horse last week. It was your single, I believe, in that race, right? The horse Whitworth I wanted to single but didn't. It was one of the two ah. from the best bet. I, I singled that horse into, uh, I can't remember, the, the one horse. Um, Ain't broke. Ain't broke, who then didn't break. Yeah. Frustrating.
Frustrating. Just like uh, always late, living up to the name. Uh, topic for me, number five, Timo. Jonathan Thomas, John Velasquez, I talked about. I was going to use them again. Here we go. I think no issue with this distance. In fact, cutting back a furlong from the mile and quarter. I think it's going to sharpen this horse's late kick up a little bit. Last time out, closed well, but the winner got the jump on him. Uh, the winner was tracking from third or second. And by the way, it was also the three to five favorite. So was expected to do that. But I thought, you know, a good effort nonetheless. You're getting a smart trainer and a smart jockey here. I think this is a great position, perfectly spotted. Did you use the five Timo? I did. Uh, this was my last on the ticket, actually, the fifth horse for me. Um, remote, uh, a horse that was coming in from New York and had run well up at Saratoga. So no shame in getting getting blasted by remote there last time out. Biggest concern here is we've just kind of been flat in all three efforts, right? Um, there was no real improvement in any of them. You're going to need to see at least a little slight step forward here to be able to get the job done. But right now, it kind of fits. And again, if there's if this is a hot pace, it sets up well for Timo to be coming from a little bit off and making one big run. So I use the five. I uh, don't love the five, but a horse I thought needed to make the ticket. Who was your – did we hit your last one? We did, Pancake. Did you go three deep here? I went five deep here. Oh, okay, keep going. So I went a little crazy. Actually, Michael Olson pretty much nails my ticket here uh, as he calls it out. I, I use the six and the one as the other two horses on my, my ticket. So I went one, five, six, seven, 12 here. Uh, the six horse, good soldier. Look, this one went a mile and a half last time. So I have zero distance concerns. I thought came out of that race pretty well. Uh, it just didn't get by late, which is kind of frustrating. But that was at Kentucky Downs. It was a little funky of a track. Uh, cutting back to a mile and eighth, no concern. I like the fact that this horse improved quite a bit from that two-year-old into the three-year-old season. And we saw like a nice step forward last time out. I don't mind that we dropped down to the maiden special weight level at Saratoga. And then we stepped back up. And now we're staying at that maiden special weight level. So uh, I like the six a little bit here. Five to one. You get Gaffney on the board. And the one horse, Karoom, I think is interesting. Uh, look, Wayne Catalano, two for six at the meet. He can get first-time starters home. He's 12% over 49 starts. I like this breeding specifically for this mile and eighth distance. Uh, you got Flintshire out of an El Prado mare. So, or Flintshire out of an El Prado mare. So should like the distance quite a bit. You've got enough workouts in here that are fast enough, but you don't need to be a speed de demon coming out of this, coming out of that, that one post. I think, again, I like, I don't think it would take a world beater to beat this field first time out. We'll put it that way. A lot of these horses, you're projecting improvement if you think that they're going to be able to get like that. No one in the field has an 80 buyer, right? So you, you could easily see a three-year-old come out and be able to win this thing. I'll take a little bit of a shot at 12 to 1 on the rail on a horse I think is going to be forgotten in this field. Uh, I didn't want to take – I just don't like taking horses debuting, going to turns, and from the rail. There's all things that, for me, just they don't really add up, that I like other horses enough. But getting 12 to 1, you're getting a fair price, and – you know, we, we don't hate on Le Peru on this show. You know, he said, I think he's a good jockey when he's got a good horse. So uh, first time turf angle, two for Catalan, 20% with a super 238 ROI, all things. So like uh, last one for me you talked about is the two Manjit at 20 to one. This is a total flyer. Yeah. I know this horse was speed and quick going six and a half and then going seven. But now we're stretching out and Mo Heyman actually sires 11% turf route winners. I went and looked it up. I was like, oh shit. This horse actually no, a little bit there. And then you look on the side. Uh, the damn side, pretty sprinty. So we're going to have that early speed and just pray that Mohamed's uh, ability to go two turns uh, handles this horse. I love that he's drawn inside and that to me, this is the horse that's going to be leading down the, past the wire the first time into the first turn. If the four presses him, I think he's a lot faster than the four, but the four is also stretching out for multiple sprints. If the four presses him, he's got no chance. But the two is going two sprints to a route. Uh, the better of the two efforts clearly was on turf. Debuted at Kentucky Downs, where it's not an easy spot for any horse to debut. Uh, you can scratch off the 
the dirt effort at Keeneland, but the fact that we went to $100,000 uh, made in special way to Keeneland has some faith in this horse having talent. So maybe Andrew McKeever is a little over his head with some of these horses. He is four for 63, but you know, he keeps trying with this horse. I, I just have a slight feeling this horse could get loose, and I love Sheminod. You know, every time Sheminod's in one of these races, I love to try and play him if I can. Uh, he is, so he is your boy at this point. You've you've played him more than anyone I know, uh, except for especially for seven percent jockey here, one for fourteen so far. Keelan, uh, although I thought I think he won yesterday. I think he had a win yesterday, so he probably is two for fifteen. He's, or 16 he's, now. he's six, sixteen percent on the year. There you go. All right, I'll give you that. Uh, I can't believe Cape Trafalgar is still a maiden, by the way. Ran second. I know. That man, you see that name, you're just like, what? <laughs> still? Come on, man. Um, yeah, look, clearly better on the turf that first start. I 100% give that to you. And, and didn't quit that badly. I, you got to, like, definitely gave it up a little bit at the end, but it was only two and a, two and a quarter lengths off the lead uh, when they crossed the wire. They are going six and a half at, at Kentucky Downs. Like I said, the two and the four I thought were interesting in speed plays. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to knock you for using it. I just – that that there's – Going from six and a half furlongs to a mile and eighth when you're quitting at six and a half is uh, I have reservations in using you even at 20 to one in that spot. <laughs> That's fair. Um, for me, I didn't would talk about it, but good soldier. I just along with the Safi angle, you touched on the fact that you went, you know, from a maiden 40 didn't win as a Saratoga. So their maiden 40s are a lot better than, you know, somewhere else. But uh, and then stretched back out uh, or stepped back up to the main special weight. So. It feels like a horse that once we get back to Gulfstream Park in that that period where it wanes before the championship meet starts, I think that's where this horse gets that win. It's possible. Um, and you're definitely going to probably see that one back down in Florida after this uh, this Keeneland meet. That's where 90% of Safi's horses are. That's going to do it for this episode of The Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about Keeneland's late pick five on Saturday, October 22nd. Uh, if you take a look down below, we've got our tickets. We'll give them out one last time for you. I'm going to start off going 6-8 with... Two three six seven with one six ten with two eight with two five seven. That's a seventy two dollar ticket, Mister Savage. We go three with two three six nine with one three ten with two five with one five six seven twelve for fifty cents. That'll cost you sixty bucks. Uh, question from Aaron: What kind of ice cream would Joel Rosario be? Oh man. I would say Joel Rosario would more be like one of those those shops you go to where you put the flavor the, the the different things on top of it because oh, like, okay. like, know, a like a yogurt shop yeah like a yogurt shop so Joel Rosario is the is the condiments at the yogurt shop because sometimes you try and put almonds on there and you get peanuts and sometimes you try and put Oreos on there and you get some other random crap that's in that thing so you never quite know what you're gonna get and you you, you know it should be good because you're picking it out. It has a chance to be incredibly high quality, but every now and then you just have those little things that came in from the other bin because someone was a dick and used the spoon from the wrong thing and put it in the other thing. And all of a sudden, when you're trying to pick out, you know, a raspberry, you get a strawberry in there. And so that's that is Joel Rosario. He is the, the condiments at the yogurt shop. That's I couldn't come up with a more perfect. I was going to say he's like the soft serves, the swirl when you can get vanilla or chocolate or you get the swirl. Because sometimes you get one and sometimes you get the other. And sometimes you get both in the same bite. And you're just like, what that? I, I guess. Did I like that? And sometimes you're like, no, I just wanted one yeah. or the other. And uh, as Jason says, and you can never duplicate it. No, you never know what you're going to get. You never. You, and if, if it's wonderful, it's the best thing ever, you don't know why. Because maybe it was still like a little bit of this, this Oreo fell into your, you know, your, your peanuts. Like you never know what's going to happen. So it just it's too random for you to get to run it back. 
uh anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here mike i know it's a little early but uh any any other uh, any other topics you want to cover i know it's a light uh, weekend and it is a light weekend um not too much man we got uh there's a, a big day at laurel on saturday so if you're looking for a third track to play laurel is a good one um just excited to get this breeders cup thing going man i, I can't wait to, to get out to keeneland have the tickets look forward to having the airbnb and checking that out I, I cannot wait to get to Keeneland and be able to play BCBC and do everything. So just looking forward to the Breeders' Cup right now and waiting for those past performances to come out. One thing I wish is we had more access to like the, the pre, pre-release past performances, things like that, to check them out. But alas, uh, we do not. We used to. Back when we worked with the Breeders' Cup, we used to get that, but that's okay. Uh, fair trade-off, I'd still say. Uh, you talked about Laurel. They have 12 stakes races on Saturday, four starter handicaps, eight the part of the Maryland million series. They're all for Maryland breads or Maryland sired horses. So you could definitely, they're not, you could, you definitely will get some prices there. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a good tourney day. As long as they get good weather there, that seems like a good tourney day track. Okay. We'll, we'll go to this question here. Magic and sandwich. Which one of us is the tough parent? I would say probably me. See, I would think it would be me. It's interesting. Yeah. That we, I, I, I am definitely the tougher parent in my house same that's probably why we both said that yeah yeah <laughs> that's probably why we <laughs> so said I, that. I would lean th- but i guess you know i don't know between the <laughs> two of us i think it's it, it would be pretty close it so might vary both, by day we both are goofy and fun we both have that sides of ourselves right which but they're definitely i'm definitely the more more of the disciplinarian um in my family that i'm assuming you are as well so yeah that's a tough one i hmm. i would say since i'm older i would be the more the, the more tough one I'm gonna stick with me. I'm not gonna give you a maybe. <laughs> that might be. I mean, it depends on what you did too. There's a. I can be. I can be tough, but I can. Be, I can be soft. If you. If you realize. If you screwed up, but you realized why or how you screwed up. All right, cool. But if you act like it, now this is a weird thing to say when my son's just turning a month and a half or a year and a half uh, next month. So yeah, you haven't really. You don't have any discipline things yet. It's like like yesterday, Jenna bought Lily uh, a, a big, big blocks truck from the okay. cars movie and like yeah. i come downstairs after work walk down there to make dinner and all the pieces are out and i'm like nothing's happened until this shit's cleaned up like that's my immediate reaction just like no it's my fault i'm like i don't care all these pieces shouldn't be on the floor you gotta come pick this thing up and so uh, it was a little bit of incident with that but that's uh, that's one of those things um is an ice cream sandwich a sandwich this is a very easy answer no no, there's no meat there's no bread there's no that's it's a exactly yeah there's no a, bread Case closed. Yeah. Boom. No, no problem. Now, like, yeah. I get why they call it a sandwich. It's very gimmicky. You know, good job with that. Uh, and there's a really good, actually, you might know this place. In, uh, by UCLA, there's an excellent ice cream sandwich shop. They use cookies, put them in between ice cream. It's usually like a, a line out the door. So if you ever buy UCLA, look for ice cream cookie shop. It's or ice cream sandwich shop. It's delicious. Huh. I don't ever get to. I'm not down by UCLA that often. That's true. Uh, I'm looking at is it Diddy Reese? Is that it? It is, yes. Diddy Reese. Good call. Diddy Reese. I was trying yeah. to, I was trying well, I Googled it. I was looking it up, but yeah, it looks good. Don't get me wrong, that looks fantastic. Um Yeah, ice ice cream sandwich is a dessert. That's what it is. Aaron asked, what is it? A treat? No, it's a dessert. It's yeah, the same thing. It's it's ice cream and cookies. It's like it's you know, definitely not. Definitely I, not a sandwich. Shotty's- Shadi says, I think Magic would have a scary dad voice. I have scared my wife before with my voice. Right? <laughs> it suddenly it'll get my my dad had a really powerful voice, so every once in a while I can channel it. You listen to this show, you know most of the time my voice breaks and goes the other way, but I can do it once in a great while. So, um, 
Michael asks, we'll get out of here after this. Santa Anita this weekend, make an appearance. I'd love to. We have a, uh, we actually have a baby shower on Saturday uh, to go to. Um, so I won't be able to make it for that. And Sunday, I think we're going apple picking. So uh, we will be a Sandy at some point. We were trying to bring the kid last week, and then he got sick again. So it's like every time we try to go to the track, he ruins it. Look at look at you. Such a fall family going apple picking. Yes, Where and it's all entirely my idea, too. You can tell. <laughs> are, you getting a, are you getting a photographer for it as well? Let's get those fall family no. photos while you're apple picking? No, and we're not. Uh, I'm not proposing either. But uh, yeah, anyways. No. Uh, it's a long story. I'll tell you. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Uh, don't forget every Wednesday through Sunday at uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we have dudes who bet daily with the best bets from the horse racing and sports worlds. There's some Thursday night football action from today's show. You can go check that out. Papa Dude answered a phone call mid-show and then came back later to tell you why it was so important he left, and you won't believe why. It's exactly hilarious because of Papa Dude. Um, and then, uh, of course, on Saturdays, it starts at 11 Eastern just because we want to get those football games in. Uh, but make sure you tune in for that one. And then we'll be back on Monday with another episode of the Magic Mike Show. Anything before we leave? Uh, I like the three in the last to Keelan. That was my best bet of the day. Uh, three to one in the morning line. We'll see if we're able to get that home. Uh, pretty frustrated that the one just won this race because that was my next one on the ticket. It didn't put it in there. It uh, paid $16. She's a Mia one while we were on the show, paying $15 as well out of the 10 post over okay. at Backwaduck. So it's uh, been an interesting racing day, a lot of middling prices. I'm looking forward to this weekend, man. I, I'm starting to feel like we're heating up again, which is always nice when you feel like, okay, starting to get it, starting to get it going. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting back to the, uh, the betting world here and getting some, getting some winners home. Kevin says, I have to see Magic on the sidelines of a U6 youth soccer game. He probably goes nuts. I've seen him will a horse to the finish line. That's true. I do have that power. <laughs> Sometimes. I would be a better youth coach than you. I'll put it. I, I will go with me over you on a youth coach side. In terms of the coaching and teaching, yes. I'm not patient enough to be a teacher. I, you would be high opinion. energy. That would be for sure. But I feel yes. like I, I, I don't feel like you'd be able to uh, properly direct the troops. I'm the motivator. Yeah. Um, when you do something great, I'll cheer you up. And when you do something wrong, I'll be like, hey, it's okay. Don't worry. We got it. I'll, I'll make you feel better about it. So that's what I'm good at. Yeah. I Hopefully would I made rip. you feel better about betting Keelan this weekend. I don't know. Of course. Of course. I would I would rip a six-year-old to shreds if they're in the wrong position in a five-on-five soccer game. Just destroy them. Then sit them down on the bench it. for at least two weeks. You hear that, folks? Anybody looking for a soccer coach? Call Mike <laughs> Samich right here. You find him on Twitter at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight. I am at Curtis Keller, Corporate Overlords, at Racing underscore Dudes. Uh, blinkers off. I don't know what time. They'll, they'll be live at some point today. So make sure you subscribe no to YouTube.com. Nobody knows. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. Subscribe there and hit the notification bell so you get alerted whenever they do decide to show up and do a show. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike with one more question for you, Magic. At what age are you going to stop letting your kid win at games? I don't know. I've thought about that. I've stopped letting Lily win, and Jenna's mad at me about it. How old is she? Four. Oh, yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, just checking. All right, now you can do it. I, maybe don't go cold turkey, but definitely that's the time to ease out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no more. There's no more of this. Like, hey, if I, I no, no, we're it's on now. Uh, Life lesson well, time, baby. Can't, I can't wait till she's six. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Good luck this week. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.